Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my chat with Headley Knights of We Fix Space Junk and Battlebird Productions. Now, continuing on from part one, um, we speak a little bit about audio dramas and what Headley kind of found was sort of the most unexpected thing about audio dramas and creating one. Um, but then we get onto a whole mass of other things and we talk about movies for a while um, and sort of the differences between audio drama and movies. And then we get onto, yeah, a whole other mess of things. And we speak about politics, uh, including toxic masculinity, feminism, um, LGBTQ community. We talk about racism, Black Lives Matter, a lot of the more grey areas, uh, understanding antisocial behaviour behavior affirmative action we talk about star trek uh freedom of speech stereotypes and then at the end we kind of loop back around and talk about marilyn marilyn's diary which is a mini series of we fix space junk and as with all the other we fix space junk uh, releases it's fantastic now a quick reminder that i was on the comedy geek podcast recently um i believe it's episode 11 um and it's called our sketchiest episode yet it's myself and many other podcasters we feature on there talk about our favorite sketches so you know go show those guys some love and coming up next is a promo for the Casual Birder podcast. Um, any of you regular listeners may recognise that name, as I have mentioned the Casual Birder podcast a few times. Um, it's a fantastic podcast, and um, the host of it, and basically creator and runner of the whole thing, um, is Susie. And she's absolutely fantastic as well. Um, I've done a library event in Basingstoke with her, where we're trying to help people who aren't as tech-savvy getting into podcasts, which... If any of you follow me on uh, Twitter or Instagram, or rather follow Genuine Chit Chat on Twitter or Instagram, then you'll know that those sort of things, you'll, you'll kind of be familiar with those. And there's going to be some future events as well, which I'll end up doing with her and some more cross-promotional things. But yeah, fantastic podcast. Really recommend you uh, guys check it out, especially as she's a friend of the show and a friend of mine. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that'll be there. And then after the promo, intro music will play as usual, and uh, then we'll get straight into the conversation again. So you know, thanks as always for listening, guys. Um, anyone who reviews on iTunes or any of the other sort of apps, really appreciate it. It helps other people listen to the show. It gets it kind of, if it goes up the iTunes charts and things, then it means that more people gets more exposure and that means other people can listen as well, which helps my listeners and et cetera, et cetera. So if you think it's worth it, if you take the time, even while you're doing it now, potentially, unless you're driving, please don't do it while you're driving. Uh, but you know, if you're on the loo or you're doing chores or anything like that, if, if you feel like it deserves it, you know, just pop a review on iTunes and it really helps out. Otherwise, you know, follow us on the usual places twitter instagram and facebook so yeah thanks as always for listening guys and i'll be back at the end it's susie here from the casual birder podcast i love watching birds whether it's those that visit my garden or ones that i see when traveling bird watching is a great pastime it can be done with others or alone you don't need expensive equipment your eyes or ears are enough and best of all, it doesn't need any great commitment. The casual birder does as much or as little birding as suits them. Join me each week to hear about the birds I've seen, interviews with others, and stories from listeners around the world. The Casual Birder Podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. What have you found is one of the biggest challenges that, that was unexpected for making an audio drama? Time. 
yeah uh, yeah the time that it takes is the unexpected bit because could you say on your patreon but for people who don't know at home if you want to say how long it takes they'd be surprised <laughs> uh, potentially up to like 60 hours and how long is each episode generally <laughs> uh 15 to 30 minutes <laughs> yeah so that's that is colossal that that's actually like see an episode the length of an episode times four is one hour so you you're basically investing it's like what 240 times that every every second you hear of that is 240 times that Oh, thank you, thank you for putting that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. No, no. no yeah. it's it, yeah. I guess a a minute takes can take up to two hours mm. um, because I mean in film it's common for a minute to take an hour. Well, I was going to say I was going to relate it back to it, Avengers, for example. You know, it's depending on the film. There's certain films which are like I call them people movies, which is just the kind of dramas where there's no special effects really. Maybe someone gets killed or hit by a car at some point in the film, but generally it's all talking and those things probably a lot easier whereas when you've got a fight scene or avengers yeah. a good example where there's you know there's 20 characters on screen half of them are like 25 percent cgi two of them are pure cgi so you have to have someone in the green suit the backdrop is a planet exploding so you need yeah. it to be in a green screen there's got a fight scene going on so you need choreography happening with another five cameras all doing other things so like yeah every minute could take god knows how long yeah, yeah, but, weeks <laughs> yeah but with audio obviously you've got to um, do yeah it's not quite as intense with cgi but like even like with the as you're saying like kind of people movies that even with those like a minute takes an hour yeah just because you need to reshoot from every single every single camera change i mean like the dark knight i think the average shot time is two and a half seconds yeah that's the average time before they cut Mm. to a different shot and each of those shots involves moving all of the lights all of the cameras all of the sound equipment oh man to around to the other side of the actors and potentially changing the makeup to, to be lit from that angle. Mm. Um, so if it's two people having a conversation, the camera will be over one of their shoulders and then they'll do the whole scene. Then they'll move around and do the whole other scene from the other direction. Then maybe you'll do one that's just cutting up from the side or like a wide shot. Mm. And whereas like you get things called like multicam shows like Friends and Fresh Prince and um, shows like that where they have three cameras that are all filming at the same time. Yeah. Um, because they're basically filmed in front of a live audience. Yeah, yeah. So you've got one shooting in from, like, zooming in on faces, mm. and then you've got one that's just a wide shot of the room. Um, and, yeah, you can kind of be economic like that, but with the movies it really doesn't work because you're in a real natural situation. All the cameras would get caught in the other backwards shot. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, if, if it was me and you talking and we were talking about like, something really dramatic, like, yeah. I will find you. <laughs> I will tell you the wrong order of Star Wars films. <laughs> then, like, the camera might be looking over my shoulder and what they call a, a dirty one-shot. So it'd be a one-shot because it's just one person, but it'd be dirty because it's got, like, my hair and my ear and my shoulder in it. Yeah. Just so that you can see, so the audience know who it is you're directing it to. Mm. So you're talking almost directly to the audience, but they know, oh, you're not looking down the camera, you're looking at this guy here. Yeah, was, yeah. And often they won't actually use the same actor. Like if it's um, you know Brad Pitt and George Clooney, who uh, that shows you how up to date with popular culture I am. That that's I wouldn't know the first, the first two actors I come up to think of. But uh, if it was like um, you know Chris Hemsworth and uh, Robert Downey Jr., uh, the, the example is exactly the same. I think, <laughs> um, just read off all the actors. Just yeah, so so people you know your like, to, like Tony Stark's talking to Thor. You see kind of like blonde wig and a shoulder pad and thing. The chances that they've just paid Chris Hemsworth to be there just so Robert Downey Jr. can talk to him and the, the, his shoulder pad be in. Very unlikely. They probably got mm. body double in. 
Um, so he's delivering the whole thing to the body double. Yeah. Just because it's just a bit hair and it's a shoulder pad. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't really need to be there. But like you, you when it cuts to the other guy over Tony Stark's shoulder, and you can see like the black hair and the bit of goatee and whatever. Like you'd see the camera. Yeah. Be there, and also all the light. You'd see all the lights. You'd see mm. all the and all the personnel. Because if see if it's two people exactly, standing yeah. allegedly in the middle of a street, you know, there's got to be over it's the street. You're in an actual street, or it's in a sort of Hollywood studio thing. But it's still. You, there's people if you did a 360 shot like you have to, there'd be people yeah. around you unless it you is really it interesting trying to do 360 shots where you've got like a whole crew running like a like a hand on a clock yeah uh, just trying to stay behind the camera at all times yeah um, that's what I did amazing. a short film actually no I did a fe- feature film indie fe- feature film uh, about a year ago and yeah there was a shot where they were running toward, they, they were like walking towards the camera in the woods. Mm. So we were all, the whole crew was walking backwards through the <laughs> woods and it was so hazardous. Like, <laughs> like people going like the wrong side of a tree and then a cable getting caught. And, oh man. And like we managed to do a whole, a really good take. Everyone did really well. And right at the end, the sound recordist, I was the boom operator, the sound recordist went the wrong side of a tree. I went in, the XLR got caught. I had to then like, put the boom pole round there while we were recording and then tripped, fell, grabbed a tree, had the mic up and I, I was literally almost on the floor with my legs up in the air and I was just holding the mics just inches off the floor. <laughs> the boom pole. And then like we we got the scene and it got in the finished film. That is amazing. And, and everyone was just like and cut. Well done. Good <laughs> <laughs> a little round of applause. I'm like, thank you. It's really interesting when you hear, especially of indie films and things where there's certain times where with a big budget Hollywood movie often there's a big like uh, you've got a big budget so it's like oh we've got enough money in case anything goes wrong if this happens there's one big scene with a lot of explosions we need to get in one go these sort of things but with indie films it's like I've got a vision for this and this and this to happen I've only got a certain amount of time and money we have to kind of cut corners isn't the right word but more be more creative in and innovative of how we go about doing things because yeah. I mean, fortunately with drones now what's a great thing is that yeah. you can do such beautiful overhead shots of a horror film of the forest with just a drone yeah for, exactly with a GoPro cranes and helicopters like and... helicopter rides and do a recording stuff you know also the amount yeah. of all the sort of stuff that goes along with it so that's one of the good things about like um, back with podcasting and stuff is like we're in a market and music links into this as well we're in a market where it's oversaturated because it's the, it's the it's kind of the best thing and the crux at the same time, which is it's amazing. Anyone can make a podcast. But the problem is anyone can make a yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to prove yourself being not better than anyone else, but worth listening That's to. That's the thing. And I mean, is it, there is a low bar to entry, which is amazing, which I think is why you see a lot more representation in podcasting mm. than you do in other places. Like certainly in audio drama, it's it's really big on LGBTQ, on people of color and like, people's disabilities there is so much and it's much more representative of the real world Mm. than your average tv show and you have shows that are like this show is about gay people Mm. and it's like it's the gay people show and it's like (laughs) yeah but you know gay people are just kind of people uh you don't need to like put all the focus on it purely about it i think um aziz ansari says in master of none i love that show it's just like oh no you can't have two asians like otherwise it's an asian show mm. so like uh, like you were only now at the point where you can have two black people in a film without <laughs> yeah. being a black person film. yeah it was like black panther like black panther it's a great movie and i saw that film and i was like it's great social commentary is brilliant but i saw online a lot of people going oh, such a great thing for 
black culture because it's a black film because it's written by and all this sort of thing and it's like it's a really weird fine line which us as white individuals it's a very uh, hot topic for us to put some of our views on in case coming off in the wrong way it is is really interesting and the response was very interesting Um, but yeah I mean I think previously the the de facto like uh, another thing people don't kind of understand so much and it's quite understandable where the the definition of privilege is the fact that, you know we don't we don't have any knowledge really of what it is that we have what our benefits yeah. are like um because if we did it really wouldn't be that privilege it's the fact that you subconsciously the way you see the world is from a different point of view mm, exactly. and, and no one can see the world from every point of view like exactly. no, nobody can um but I saw a really interesting study. My friend is uh, a researcher. She's doing research for the BBC at the moment. They've hired her to tell them about podcasting, about audio dramas and stuff like that. Mm. And um, she she found, dug up lots and lots of statistics from various different studies. And one that keeps coming up is gender percentage of gender representation and how it's perceived. Mm. Um, and there's this general perception that if there are 60%, I think if it's 60% men, generally speaking, people, when asked how what the percentage was, they'll say it was 50-50. Right. And if it's 50-50, people will say there was much more women than there were men. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So so when people say, oh, it's just like there's so many women in this, it's generally like, it's, oh, that's 50%. Right, I women. see. But if, it, if it's like 60 or 70% men, then they'll be like, so what do you think the gender divide was in this? Like, oh, probably about 50-50. And that, that's also mm. men and women both see that, interestingly. Like, that is very interesting, yeah. Um, just because we're, we're so primed to see that. And also to do with like uh, like racial um, divides as well, people being like, what would you say kind of the percentages? And, and also if you ask the people like your local area, what do you think the percentage of white people to non-white people are? Mm. And often they'll be like, Oh, that like this area has lots and lots of Indian people, and it's like actually, like you look at the numbers, it's like five percent population. Yeah, but it's just it's because you're maybe used to three percent, mm. and now it's doubled comparatively. Like yeah, so, and you and like people say, oh, you you walk down the road and you, you can't hear people speaking English, and it's like literally, I, I walked down the road and I heard two people not speaking English. Everyone else is speaking English, but you don't you don't listen to it. You, you don't pick up. You don't pick up just normal things. Noise. It's background noise. So exactly, yeah. That's so like a point. I think you you end up. In films, and you, you see a film that was written completely, essentially gender neutral, color neutral, but the assumption is it's a film about a white man, mm. his white friends, a woman, and maybe a person of color just yeah. to throw him in as a token. Well, that's it, yeah. So, and that, that's kind of the basis. So, as soon as you have like half half the guys, half the the, the cast are black and half the cast are white, then suddenly it's a race thing because like mm. they're black and they're, and then maybe the black guys will say. Oh yeah, shit, man. That's like, and it's like, oh damn, yeah. And like, that's yeah. Are there people who speak like that? Yes. Is that representative? No. <laughs> that's the problem. It's that really weird because we're in like a, a transitionary state at the moment um, in society and all the media, which is it's going in the right direction. But that's where you get a lot of this pushback from, where you get people, you know, you get people complaining about snowflakes and the whole political correctness. It's like there are quite a few things like there's a Kleenex man size thing which is going on at the moment which is people complaining that Kleenex have tissues called man size rather than just being large and it's like that was just a way of exploiting men in the 90s <laughs> and that's what that is it, it was because they, they're they like who buys tissues it's women women buy tissues 
men don't, but they still need to blow their nose and by their hands. But like, it's seen as a feminine thing to have yeah. tissues. So, to we, how do we exploit that male market by calling them man size to so make people feel manly and like, justified in their exactly. own? Exactly, and it, it's just like Yorkie chocolate bars. It's like, like yeah. how, how do we get men to eat chocolate bars? Like, it, it's not. It's kind of like people could actually see it as like maybe at the time people were saying like, oh well, maybe asking guys, what, what, why aren't you eating? chocolates and stuff mm. and it's like well, yeah it's girl, girls like sweets and treats and chocolates and stuff like yeah. men were just like you know I don't need that yeah with burgers have a pie burger and a, a, burger yeah. and a pint because like we yeah. love things that are only bitter we don't like things that taste good so um so yeah like and things like snickers very heavily aimed at men mm. um even though you know like obviously there's no gender to chocolate, <laughs> chocolate. Like, it's completely ridiculous but and i think a lot of things that people don't get about and like kind of feminism and toxic masculinity is it is horrific it's horrific towards men like men suffer at the hands of toxic masculinity yeah so so much and i think a lot of people think oh well you know this that and the other about men like oh it's just saying how bad men are it's like it's really not Mm. it's saying like men are victims as much as women are yeah and like in as much as they are they are victims of the perception of men and women. Yeah, was well, that whole you know one one of the things with with it all I kind of look at with true equality is that you know men women doesn't matter what your skin color is anything like this it's like everyone should be on an even playing field but that doesn't necessarily mean that in every situation we're the same which is where the lines get a bit yeah that, I think that can be get get, get confusing because mm. then you're like well if we're really equal then you know how come they get paternity leave yeah, and we like, go well, like, I know that's changed a bit now yeah but like, and it's just kind of like well. You, Exactly, but it's the fact that I, I saw an amazing clip from the BBC. I think it was Panorama or something from the 1960s, mm. and it was people talking about equal wages. Mm-hmm. And um, it might have been older than that actually, because I think they were talking about yeah, they were talking about, and they were just interviewing like a man and a woman in a workplace and saying, um, "Do you think that um, this woman should be getting paid the same as you?" And they're like, oh no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah. And then she asking her, like, well, I mean, I think it should, I mean, we do do a lot of the same things, but I understand, you know, like, my bosses might think that I'm more likely to have a child, so I'll, I'll work less, so then I get paid less because of that. And mm. it's just really weird to see, like, people were just honest. And, like, some, like, a woman just talking about, like, oh, yeah, I think it's unfair because, like, we, we work for the same skills and we do the same thing. And, like, and then just go to a man and say, what do you think? Like, no. <laughs> and it's just like how can you say that she's right there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and also this is intelligent for everyone to see so even if you are a bigot surely you'd lie surely, surely well, you'd lie you and say that you don't like but um but no and like people because why would you lie and that, now i think people probably would be a little more see and i think you get echo chambers on the internet and stuff because yeah definitely people feeling like they can't say things and like mm. people talk about freedom of speech and it's like you have no idea what that means no like, look, look living in america or like most of Europe, basically, in the Western world, it's like you can say basically anything apart from "I hate Muslims" or the N word on your Facebook. You can say literally anything don't, else. Don't hate. Like that's the thing. People saying like freedom of speech is the same as being able to say whatever you want without any repercussions. Yeah, those are two different things. No, it's like, like you won't get in, imprisoned by in that, saying it, your opinion it, on a book. Exactly. Like exactly. Like North Korea. If you said Kim Jong Il is like a piece of shit. Yeah. You could literally be killed. Yeah, exactly. You, you would the certainly concentration go to jail. Camp, like, like all your family and stuff. Previous dictator, someone fell asleep during one of his like speeches and they got killed. Yeah. 
fell as- falling asleep. Uh, falling asleep during a, a speech, you get killed. Yeah, that's that's madness. Exactly. And like the, there was uh, some British tourists in um, I can't remember where, like uh, Dubai. Or oh, where they made up? Where they had sex yeah, on the beach? They, or they had sex on the beach mm. and. They were in prison for years. Yeah, I think they years. managed to get out due to some sort of agreement between the embassies. But it's just yeah, like but, if... yeah, it's just like. But and and the thing is, like, you have to respect that different different laws have different countries. Like, for example, if an English person who was nineteen went to America and got really drunk, they could go to jail because it's illegal to drink over there. And it's like, just because it's legal in England doesn't mean it's illegal in America. Yeah, it's not unanimous. They have different laws, and you kind of had to obey the law of where you are. Um, but but yeah, I mean, that's. Like being able to like, if you say even in China, if you, if you say like things that they don't like, you go to jail. They don't have that freedom of speech. Yeah. We do have. I I can say, you know, um, Theresa May is a, a piece of shit. Yeah, and she like I hope she goes to hell. Yeah, like that that I don't get arrested for that. No, nothing happens. However, if I I'm also free to say, you know, like I don't know, like uh, oh you're wearing Star Wars clothes. Star Wars is shit, and yeah. you're. a Asshole, and I fuck you. Like, that doesn't mean I have this freedom of speech to say that. That doesn't mean you're not going to punch me in the face. Yeah, for insulting it doesn't mean me, I'm going to tell everyone you know. Oh, Headley of Weefix Space Junk is bigoted or something. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's you, just you like you, you can't. It. Yeah, you can say what you want, and that's the thing. You you can say you, you can say racist things if you want. You're going to get repercussions of that. Well, yeah. You're going to get people saying you can't say that. Don't say that. Like that's there's like know, social law and government law are two kind of yeah, oddly you, you entwined can, things. And just not, because like yeah, it's not the same like actually putting hatred onto somebody mm. and subjugating someone and a lot of the time I think it's a lot of people don't understand the power of their words and they don't mm. understand what their words are based on because like in the that, that 60s thing where men and women just being like oh yeah well I mean I mean women shouldn't really get paid as much you know I don't I don't think they're quite quite strong I probably lift more during I, I assume I'd lift more in the same amount of time yeah without anything really to base it on and that yeah. sounds fair to them because that's their understanding. But if you actually look at the numbers and say, actually, they're just as productive in this, that, and the other, then you know, and people say, oh well, yeah, I, you know, people can't take a joke. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, but imagine you were part of a social group, a gender group, a racial group who have been victimized for months and years and decades and centuries. Yeah, and your joke isn't really a joke. No. Like just just because like. Now, literally, your great 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 grandparents may have owned their great 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 grandparents, yeah, like literally, and kept them in the basement mm. and kicked them if they were bad, and you know, like if they died, they'd buy a new one. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that. That's so. Your joke that was, oh, you can't take a joke. It's like, you know, if so, if you made fun of someone who you knew, like their their family, like someone in their family just died, and you made jokes about it, it's like, oh, it's just a joke. Why can't you take a joke? You, you're like, that's heartless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, all, like, it's all it's all at the moment, isn't it? It's like you can say like a, a good example is the N word, right? Now, obviously, we're both white, so yeah. it's just to clarify that before. But like, if if there was um, if I was black and I said the M word, he was like, "Hey, what's up, my M word?" It's like, okay, that's cool. But like, if it was the other way around and I said to another person and they get offended, you can't be like, you can't say, "Oh, well, I've heard him say the M word before," but and he's black, but he said it before, and I should be able to say it. It's like, well, no, because there's situationally, not only is it you have to think about historical repercussions and also how an individual is going to take it. Like, I've had I've had black friends who openly say the n-word all the time and they say to their white friends like, you can call me the n-word it's fine no, you know, I don't care but you get other people who are like no it because of the the gravity of it's 
well, even you walk down the street, if you want to be racist to someone who's black, that's the word you would shout, you know? And it's like, I, when I was younger, I had that word shouted at me a lot. My father got beaten up while they were yelling that word. That word specifically really bothers me. I don't like people saying it. So it's like, just mm. that. Just, and also, thing. one individual, pe- people often, like, historically, again and again and again, studies show, like, anecdotal evidence. Mm. We massively outweigh it. Yeah. So, like, if we see a statistic that says only one in a hundred people do this and we see one person doing the opposite I'm like well that person doesn't it's like well yeah that's that one percent but <laughs> oh, like we, yeah. we massively outweigh our personal experiences because i mean which is natural like we didn't evolve to read numbers Statistics. on paper like we, we didn't yeah. like we evolved to see things and learn from them like that person ate that berry and died maybe i shouldn't eat those berries maybe <laughs> yeah, those exactly poison. it's all like let's have a hundred people do it and then we'll see <laughs> yeah. whose stomachs can deal with that it's like and the thing is it maybe that person just like died of un- an unrelated thing maybe yeah. they ate like so- something this morning that yeah. killed them but like you, you don't necessarily know exactly um but yeah and like you, you like uh i you know grew up in uh north yorkshire oh south yorkshire for most of my early years mm. um and yeah, it was very very white area mm. and then moved to here and like my school just in harrow mm. like it was very very multicultural mm-hmm. and very quickly i adapted to i mean everything changed when i moved down south so i kind of took that as another thing that was different here and yeah like, oh yeah, yeah that's cool that like, people's accents are different people's yeah. skin colors are different yeah, that's fine carry on with life you know mm. um but you know, from knowing people then just like you could have a black person say the N-word and another black person turn around and say, don't you fucking say it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's just like, and certainly a generational thing as well, like young young people listening to rap music mm. and be, being kind of like, all right, the world is full of white role models. There's not really many black role models, but this rap artist is really cool and he says this and he's kind of like reclaiming that word. That, like and it, like the, the word queer, for example. Mm. It's like, uh, I still even being like an active member like an ally of the lgbtq community mm. like i still find it a very odd word to say yeah um but people use that word to reclaim it like mm. because suddenly the the word that was used to make you feel like shit the, the word that was used to make you want to kill yourself the word that was used to make you like mean nothing to everything about you mean nothing like actually now i've used that word mm. and i can reuse it and i can give myself power with that word and it's like it's quite amazing to be able to turn that kind of pejorative that pejorative turn to turn something from a bad thing into a good thing yeah but that doesn't mean that the people who mean it nastily aren't hurting you like maybe maybe you can make it maybe you can cushion the blow with it Mm. but you're not going to stop it entirely and i could totally understand like um a couple of guys i work with who are like probably in their 60s and uh they're both gay, um, and they were talking about watching a show with uh, a teenager coming out and like saying about how hard it is being gay. And they they actually said that's like, quite insensitive things. And they were like, "Oh, doesn't know he's been born. It was illegal when I was growing up." Yeah, and it was like, "Wow, that's a massive sentence to hear someone say." Like, yeah, exactly. Because of course, like of course, coming out is going to be so hard, and the bullying and everything like that, and just like, but equally, someone else. And like, if this person was identifying as queer, the, those older chaps would be like. Don't use that word. Yeah. Like, what the hell are you thinking? Individual basis. And that's the thing. What people as humans, what what people want to do is they want to be able to have uh, a universal rule for everything. They want it. Mm. There's some people who want, okay, well, my my black friend is okay with me saying the N-word, so I want every black person to be okay with it. There's some people, a a good example of this is a word. This is, sorry for listeners if you hate this word, 
the word cunt. Like a lot of people, especially I almost women used on that it. word earlier about Theresa May and decided not to. Glad <laughs> someone said it. Well, I've got other people on the podcast who probably have said it about her. So, um, but like with with the word cunt, obviously to me it doesn't bother me at all. I'm desensitized to all swear words, but I know a lot of people, especially certain women, who hate that word. And it's like, I know you're one of them. But <laughs> I wasn't trying to point that out, but you made that big laugh, so you made <laughs> you made it yourself now, Megan. But like, there's, there's some people who. Because that word, a lot of the time, is associated with calling a woman that word and trying mm. to make them feel small. The difference like in America as well. Like in America, mm. it's much more of a sexist term. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think here, I don't know. I mean, it, it is obviously a very gender-charged word. Because it's about, it's yeah, like, exactly. someone a dick. And it is also like yeah. socially perceived currently at, at the moment um, as like one of the biggest, harshest, words. most degrading, most... Like the worst thing you call someone. Yeah. So for the worst thing you could possibly compare to someone to is literally the physical, the most scientific way of what makes a woman a woman. Like yeah. it's just like that is how degrading to women is that. Yeah. But I mean, equally, you, you call someone a dick or a knob or a cock or yeah. something like that, and it's a, it's not like there are no male gender but things. But they're not a dick bad. Is you know, no, they're yeah. not. A, call someone a dick is nowhere near as bad. I feel like in America it's more of an aggressive. I, I think like, in. Oh, I went to America for a month, and at no point did I hear. No, I think well, if you say though, if you say in America, I think it is that is like you are actively like it, it would be odd i think it would be odd to call a man it mm. you'd more call a woman it to really degrade yeah. them like kind of thing yes yeah. and I, I don't know if it's a bit speaking to american people but like certainly in american shows you'll if like if you do see someone call it or something it's like i think house of cards is one i really noticed it on in the first season i think right um and the editor is talking to the female reporter and he's like, da 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 da, stop being such a. And she goes, say it. But no, say so, so like, oh, you stop being such a cunt. Yeah. And like everyone kind of goes quiet, and it's just like, and the way he says it, and the look in his eyes, and the, and it's just like, yeah, that is literally just like, such a female hatred word, mm. and, and it's just like, and a lot of a lot of people, I think, when you say like uh, hating women, it's like I don't hate women. It's like. No, but that there is this this deep you don't think, oh women, I hate them. It's just this there's this thing, there's this seed, there's this something, this th- thread in the tapestry that's making you up at the moment. Mm. And that thread is a thread of hatred. And I don't know where it comes from. There's been layers and layers and layers of people building this patriarchal kind of construct that which hurts men as well. And I do stress that. Like it's yeah. it's not like Women are the only people who have problems because I think that's when whenever I talk to people about feminism and like women's rights, I think the, the instantly the first thing people always who are maybe playing devil's advocate or whatever you might say, um, is oh, but men have problems too, and it's like yeah, but you can have conversations about women without men coming up. The fact that you try and talk about things women are suffering with, mm. and you have to bring up men. Is kind of the problem. Well, Black Lives Matter is exactly the point of that because Black Lives yeah. Matter happened, and people went, "Yeah, but all lives matter." It's like we're not saying they don't. <laughs> yeah, but the we, problem we already in America, knew that. <laughs> yeah, we're not saying that only Black Lives Matter. What we're saying is, at the moment in America, more so specifically, there's a lot of police brutality, and a high number of it is against Black individuals. So you have to look at it and go, "Okay, why is this happening? Let's spread the knowledge of." There's bad things happening to black people, so let's call it Black Lives Matter. It's not saying, okay, this is single-handedly the most important social issue ever. We need to drop every conceivable yeah. thing because every <laughs> other race in the whole planet is doing perfectly fine. It, no, it's not. 
not. It's just saying in yeah, this instance. I happen to know white people have never had a problem ever. Are you white? <laughs> Your life is perfect. And it's just like, like that's just go- asking for trouble because, of course, every single human being in the world has problems mm. and everyone is, you know, the victim of something. I mean, exactly. Most of us are victims of capitalism, mm, yeah. which is really barely talked about it's talked about in light terms but like we are all victims to things like wage slavery and stuff like yeah. that where whereby we, we are all doing each ourselves down doing each other down purely for the profit of massive companies exactly and, and you know i mean I'm, I'm not gonna go on a massive conspiracy rant about the, the world's companies but you know at the end of the day we don't have as much free will as we might like to think because mm. we go to the shop there's only certain things in that shop. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like that is something that everyone suffers with. And so to say, you know, white people don't have problems, not true at all. But mm. yeah, to say black lives matter, if you start saying, well, all lives matter, you're essentially saying black lives don't matter. Exactly. Is, yeah. is what you're saying. Is yeah, because- exactly. People, it's as you say, like, People, they want the rule for everything and they want... Uh, the good thing is when you point out is the whole like outlier thing, the anecdotal evidence, because mm. the best example for it is smoking, right? Smoking. Yeah. Like, I, I smoke, I want to clarify. I, <clears throat> I don't smoke very much anymore, excluding me. Just clearing my throat, <laughs> ironically. Oh, fuck! Um, I've been coughing up black tar into a bucket this whole interview. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I smoke um, occasionally, normally when I, I drink and things like that, but I've, I've cut it down a lot. But smoking does cause cancer it's not and you say that someone and somebody who smokes a lot of the time they go no because i had a granddad he smoked 50 cigarettes a day he's now like 85 and he's it's like okay you have got one example compared to the <laughs> tens if not hundreds yeah. of thousands of people who are dying from cancer related things due to smoking and they go yeah well i have another friend they've never smoked a cigarette in their life and they got lung cancer it's like yes what happens is that there's a <laughs> when you smoke, probability works. Yeah, it's like smoking increases your chances of getting it. It is statistically shown if you smoke cigarettes, you are much higher like you're much higher at risk of dying from this and loads of other stuff. It's not saying if you smoke a cigarette, you're definitely gonna die of lung cancer, and if you don't smoke, you're gonna live forever. It's like people they hear a big thing and they go, No, I know this one tiny outlier yeah. and I'm gonna hold on to but this I mean, outlier. These people go like no the the you know, the oldest the oldest person in the country died last week. They died at 101, and they smoked cigarettes every single day. It's like, yeah. most people who were born 101 years ago smoked. <laughs> yeah. Most of those people are dead. <laughs> He's like literally the last person alive who is 101 or whatever the age is. Yeah. And it's like, so the vast, vast majority. I mean, equally, you could go the other way. I, I always like to poke fun at. You know, people say like, "Oh, well, the Romans used to do this." He's like, "Well, yeah, now they're dead." <laughs> Look where I got there. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's kind of the opposite, the opposite. Yeah, of and, it, and it's funny because with what I say to people smoking is, um, I, I think people should be able to do what they want, and I think, well, if you want to smoke cigarettes and reduce your life expectancy, that's fine. And the, I've, that sounded really sarcastic, like, but it's like that is how I feel. Well, yeah, but I mean, we we all do well, things food. that are healthy and unhealthy. For Food's us. the big thing. I say to people, what triggers me is if you get someone who's really, really overweight, and then they criticize them for smoking, and it's like, I don't want to sound like a dick, but it's like you are both putting something in your mouth yeah. which is causing severe health problems and reducing your life expectancy. Yeah, I, 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 the last week, I've eaten so much sugar. Yeah. Like, and that is really bad for me. I've just eaten like chocolate. I've eaten sweets. I've eaten popcorn, like sugary popcorn. And just for some reason this week, I've just really binged out on it. Yeah. And, you know, like regardless of how you deal with sugar, how you deal with fats or anything, how you deal with 
yeah, anything like it's it's not good for you. It does lower your your life expectancy. Smoking is one. Drinking is one. Like, drinking, yeah, the, the like, drinking is such a big cultural thing as well. You know? yes, not doing enough exercise. It's like you go exactly. deep into it, and it's like not eating enough fruit, not doing enough this. And it's like not, not you... just being outside, being being active for thirty minutes five times a a week. Like the the mm. benefits of that are enormous. And exactly, like, and you know you do get statistics about like oh well, not not doing this or eating as much is the same amount as smoking this or at the end of the day it's it's all just probability you will always get people who do and don't uh suffer from things it's it's like closing your eyes while driving yeah it's like causing your clo- no one can argue that closing your eyes while driving is gonna heighten your chances of crashing but it doesn't mean it hasn't like i I blinked driving. Everyone's bl- everyone blinks driving. Yeah, like, or we sneeze blink all the time. for like yeah, a few seconds. Sneeze. Yeah, and and yeah, like I remember driving home last year from a really long, uh, a really long day of work, a really long drive, and I was driving. I was really tired. I closed my eyes for probably like a whole second, like a long second, maybe a second and a half, and I was like, "Fuck, I need to pull over." Hmm. And I pulled over and I rested. And I, you know, I, I checked my phone, listened to some music, uh, put on, like, found a podcast, put it on, just had a rest. Uh, and it was a funny podcast, started laughing. And as I was laughing, I was kind of waking myself up a bit. And, you know, after about half hour, I actually felt much more awake, mm. but just the monotony of the driving it kept mm. me tired. I was like, I closed my eyes for like a second and a half while driving. <coughs> and that's, that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Cause, yeah. you know, I could have died. Like, I, mean, ch- like, I don't know what the, the numbers are, but that doesn't mean I'm going to say to people, you can close your eyes while driving because exactly. you don't die. Because well, like- people use that excuse with a lot of things. Like, for example, there's people I know um, and they've, um, with illicit drugs, like class A's and things like that. Like, I know people who've been doing them for, like, doing coke, like, once a month for, like, 10 years or whatever. And then you talk to them about it. And once again, with this, it's their own life. They can do what they want. But it's like, they go, like, I've said, you know, maybe you want to wind it down a bit or not do it as much just to enhance your lifespan or whatever. You don't know what's going to happen. It's like, well, nothing's bad happened yet. And it's like, no, nothing and then, has, and that's good. That's you should hold on to that. You should keep that by not doing any more. Maybe that, that's the thing, know. and it's like the whole thing. So with, I can never die from with, with anecdotal know. evidence. Like we learn from doing, we learn from our mistakes. You know, we we flinch from things because we've been hurt by things, and no one who is living right now has ever died. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, properly. Like maybe people maybe have like died for a couple of seconds, been brought back, but like by definition, no one living right now has fully died mm. and that means that anecdotally none of us have ever experienced anything that makes you personally die yeah so like we we don't have that flinch we don't have that that oh like th- thing like smoking while driving used to be a big thing of people like uh like dropping cigarettes or dropping their lighter or something and then so oh, i'm I'd, like drop a bit of ash in you then you'd look up and you crashed and, and stuff like that and it's like well yeah i i've never crashed and died from smoking in the car i've never you know been on the phone in the car and that distracted me and then i died because of it like yeah. so we always have this kind of you no know, I, I ran across the road once my eyes closed and no one ran me over so that's <laughs> presumably something that's out of me. like you, you go you go to the extreme and people are like oh that's obvious but yeah the more subtle things i think it's very easy to to use your anecdotal and, th- and another thing people use like in terms of like racism and sexism and stuff like that and people be like oh like some of the most racist people I've met have been black or something. And it's just like, 
shut up <laughs> like, white people used to own black people yeah, you can't like, get that. literally like, owning another human and we like took them from their native country brought them over here forced them to work and owned them and it's like yeah but there's black people racist too it's like yeah. yes there was, and there's like the odd slave owner who was black like but the reason you have to bring up the anecdote is because it's so rare yeah. you've got this one little it's thing like, you oh, yeah, to. a black person once said oh white people are so annoying it's like they are you know, like, and they got a point. Like, and, and I would say, if, if you you will always get this um, knockback effect. Yeah. So if you if you have if you subjugate and like you are horrible to a sub society, they are going to get negative feelings. Mm. And, and this is a huge thing, uh, the hypocrisy in this country of people being like Muslim people. The, the very vast minority of Muslim people get really angry at how white people treat them and then do an attack. Let's be more bad to Muslim yeah, people. And exactly. It's just like, I mean, I feel like you're just going to fan those flames, really. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, like th- these people came from Iraq to bomb the Twin Towers or whatever, and it's just like, let let's drop more bombs on them. Like that will definitely not help all of their propaganda. <laughs> yeah, it's like hmm, ISIS are saying that the white man is coming over here from the Western world, killing all your crops, ch- killing your family, and then telling us that we can't do what we want and we can't practice our religion. Okay, well, maybe I'll think about that next day. What happened to you, son? Oh, well, basically, my house got bombed and my entire farm has been set on fire and my family have all been killed by some soldiers that came about and were abusing power. What have you got left? Nothing. Do you want to join ISIS to fight the people who did this? Yes. It's like, yeah, exactly. Who like, 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 did this to you? Uh, English, French, American. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah well. I probably do hate them now. And it's the same. Obviously, that's real oversimplification of and the yeah, whole and obviously, global yeah, but thing. It, but it's, it is, it, it's, there's a point. Like, yeah. it's like this kind of knee-jerk reaction of like, Oh, I I don't like this thing, so let's do a, another bad thing. Mm. And it's just like you're you're really just this is not the way to go. About it. No, it's it's trying to just be people should be understanding of each other and trying to be like sympathetic. And, and also, like I think another thing is that people don't get is understanding and forgiving are very different things, mm. and not necessarily everything you understand you should forgive, and not everything you forgive you should necessarily understand. Yeah, but like I think a huge thing is. Like with criminals, mm. a lot of people say, "Oh, you can't." Like it's ridiculous that this person would go free or something like that. And it's like, I think a lot of criminals should go to jail, but you should understand why they got to that situation. Mm. So, like, you know, a lot of people who abuse people, uh, and people like people trying to separate, like dehumanize people. So saying like, "Oh, that person's a monster because he like hit his kid or something," and it's yeah. like. I think yeah. Is what's the jail sentence? Five years, whatever. Yeah, go to jail for five years. He, he go to jail for the correct amount of time because that's really, really wrong. Mm. But also, let's think: what happened to, in that guy's childhood? Was he hit by uh, his parents? Mm. Now that doesn't mean it's okay for him to hit his kids. That's mm. still fucked up, and it's still really wrong. And you know, I'm not going to shake that guy's hand anytime soon. Yeah. But also, let's think: so now this kid here, who's just been here, who we're also being sympathetic for. Are we going to throw him in jail in thirty years when yeah. he hits his kid? Like exactly, and just be like, "Oh, that monster!" Mm. Like, you know, let, let's look at what's causing these problems. Let's mm. look at, and yeah, it's the same with with racism. And you see, kind of like, oh, I, you know, back in my area, like black people kept robbing the the corner shop or whatever, and it's just like, in your area, do anyone give black people drops? <laughs> like, <laughs> like are, are there? And you know, you, you kind of get this, like, just because this person, yeah, robbing is wrong. Yeah. You shouldn't do it. And those people, if they were caught, should have gone to jail. Just mm. the same as any other race, colour, creed. And that's where I think a lot of the problem comes. It's like, oh, you, 
you're being too kind. Like you can't just be nice to these criminals. Like mm. I think everyone else go to jail. But let's think. Why were they doing this? Yeah. What were the problems that came before that? Was it the was it generations of racism mm. against this people and their family and growing up and the fact that like oh yeah but te- like we we give jobs to anyone. It's like yeah but maybe you give jobs to the people who speak nicely and dress mm. nicely and maybe these people from this background are not used to that maybe yeah. they're used to being treated like criminals they're used to treat being like treated like this and people people haven't become what they're treated like as well like. exactly and it's, it's self-fulfilling prophecy in some way you know if someone's constantly telling you uh, you're a bad person that you're a bad person you're a bad person you're gonna steal you're gonna steal and if you don't steal you're still getting punished for stealing even though you haven't stole in yeah, this so case why not? and then it's like well now i'm really poor i've got no money they all think i'm stealing anyway why don't i just do it because and also you can't like uh, i can't get a job because you know and also like Oh yeah, we we just hired the person who was best for the for the, for the thing, and also like I mean, if I was if I were uh, I've very few times, but I have like picked crews for things, mm-hmm. and if I have like a load of CVs in front of me, and you know I've got multiple people who are all good for the job, I'll probably go for the person who I enjoyed the company of more in the mm. interview, yeah. and, and like if they're all fully qualified, they've all got like the exact same. I think they could all do the job. I'll probably go for the one. I mean, I'm not saying. A hundred percent. I I've only done this very couple of times, mm. um, and quite a while ago as well. I'm probably going to say, you know, who, what's going to be better for the team cohesion? You know, it, am I going to go for the one who is a bit of a knob and up himself, and you know, but he had the qualifications? Or am I going to go for the person who had the qualifications and was just like really friendly and really humble and stuff, and willing yeah. to? Be like, I think that's going to work really well. And I think that's a kind of normal hiring thing. I don't, I don't think that's abnormal in me saying that. Mm. Um, but you know, if you then have a white person and a black person and someone's like, I just got along with this person better. Mm. I think this person would be better for team cohesion. Mm. That's where you start getting this gray area. And that's yeah. that's where you get things like affirmative action. And people mm. are like, well, g- making sure people of color have have jobs over white people, like, that's not equality. That's mm. the opposite of equality. And it's like, but it's the only, how else are we going to get past this social thing? And yeah, like, I'll be honest, the majority of my friends are white mm. and I, I didn't choose that uh, and but like that's the, the social you can, whatever reasons are yeah. that is a fact so you know the chances are I might be more more friendly or maybe may, may, may more used to being friends with a white person so mm. w- if I was giving someone a job would I do that I'd like to think no I would never would but there are some people out there who definitely do yeah. favour white people so like how are you going to get past that so you do sometimes have to tip the other way yeah to get it to the equal point. Into the middle, exactly. Because otherwise you end up with all these people like, oh, I was qualified for the job, didn't get it. Qualified for the job, didn't get it. Now I'm poor. Now my kids are poor. Now my family's poor. We, we need money. We need something. Like, what are you going to do? And that's not just with um, like black people, Asian people, people in minorities. It's also poor white people, working class white people. Well, that's, that's one of the things with, uh, with poor white people as well. What happens is that's one of the reasons they, a lot of them, like the Trump phenomena, a lot of sort of the poor working class white people, they're hearing about this whole thing of, oh, you know, I'm not saying hearing that like these people in their minds hearing Black Lives Matter, da, 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 white people are the devil. You hear these sorts of things or white privilege and stuff. And you have someone who's been working their entire life, barely scraping by, just can't get a good enough job, just can't, in a sense, take catch a break. And then they're hearing in this stuff all over uh, the media of like, air quote, the snowflakes and all these sorts of other things and that white people get everything and they're getting all riled up about it and then they get annoyed at these other races and things. And it's like, I'm not saying that's yeah. valid. What no, I'm saying is, it's as you say with, 
one thing I've used a term before is um, it's understandable, but that doesn't mean it's excusable. And yeah, one example I use for that specifically is um, with my mum, right? Because basically what happened was um, my dad passed away several years ago. Um, and I was listening to the podcast before. There's a whole podcast I did about this and I spoke about that in depth, so I won't go into that any further. Um, but that basically happened. And obviously myself and my mum both grieving, but I was living with my mum at the time uh, and she was essentially awful. It was, she, it was very, she wasn't helping me grieve. She was being a pain in the ass. She was snapping all the time. And it's one of those things where it's like, I understand that she was grieving and that's mm. fine. But the thing is, is that I was grieving and I needed someone there to be able to help me deal with these things. So, I understand why she was acting in that way, but that doesn't eva- take yeah, all the blame away. That, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of what a lot of these things are like, where it's like sometimes and that, that, that black and white, that, um, one answer, one solution for yeah. everything doesn't, that's, doesn't work in that situation. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you're, you're, you're either saying, no, you, how dare you say your mum shouldn't be grieving? Yeah. You should be there for her. Yeah. Exactly. Like, but equally. People need to be there for you. Yeah, there's a balance. And it's, as yeah. you say, with the whole thing of you mentioned of where like you push it one way and it goes the other way, I kind of feel like that with our political spectrum at the moment where it's like, you know, there is some political correctness going too far, I'd say progressive, too much of you know the man-sized tissues or not called, like a manhole cover and now being called a drainage cover and all these weird little things that no one actually really cares about. No. But, and it's like... And these, most of those things are drummed up by right-wing people who it, are just trying to make it, Exactly, and that's the problem. It's like, well, some of these things, yes, if we want to get to a middle point, Okay, and there's two people pushing this mid this thing, right? There's a big stone. I, I'm bad with analogies, just to clarify, but I'm a very visual person. So, say there's a big stone, and it is too far to the right of this central point. Okay, you then need people to push more on the other side. To if two people are pushing equally, and the st- the stone will not move, you have to have more people pushing in exactly. the opposite direction. So, what's going to happen eventually is with the whole political correctness thing. To use an example, there are going to be people who go way too over the top of political correctness. But what's going to happen is that's going to push the whole uh, sort of uh, social mind in a sense into the right sort of space and then yeah some of it would be too far to this side but also some people are going to say oh well this other aspect of it is too far to the other side and it's like there's never going to be a time that everyone's going to be happy we just have to kind of try and make everyone's experience as less shitty as possible and in the meantime everyone absorbs things in different ways everything is basically subjective you know there's a couple of objective things like rape is wrong but like for example as you said earlier with the whole blame thing one of the things linking to what you said basically is pedophilia now i'm not condoning pedophilia in any way shape or form it is a heinous disgusting thing but you can't ignore the fact that the majority of people who have sexually abused children were sexually abused as children. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying if you sexually abuse a child and you've been sexually abused, you get off scot-free. Yeah, like, oh, sh- that's fine. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's no, not they, like... They should, I think the only way around it is to be just as harsh on them as you should be, but also things like, I mean, in Germany, because there's a big thing actually in America of people like people haven't gone to the doctors hmm. and said, hi, I'm just, I don't know how to say this. I'm just yeah, you know, attracted to kids. Hmm. And I don't know what to do about it. I've never done anything about it. Yeah. And the doctor's saying... You're a fucking monster. You're disgusting. Get out of here. Exactly. So what's that person going to go and do? Well, yeah. Like, either they're going to go and hate themselves about it and do nothing, or they're going to go and hate themselves about it and be a pedophile. Exactly. So you could have actually saved some kids' lives or at least their emotional well-being for the rest of their lives by dealing with it. I don't know how to deal with it. Well, the, yeah, but... I want to clarify on this podcast, I'm not one with all the answers. It's more just yeah. a lot of these thought experiments are just... Even if it's this specific question, uh, which has changed a hundred times in this conversation, is like, <laughs> there's not always the right answer, but not talking about it will solve nothing. 
you know, yeah, if, exactly. if if me and you have this conversation and say for argument's sake, a thousand people hear this, right? If if we use an isolated instance, obviously I'm not the only person talking about this issue, but say I was the only person on the planet who's ever spoken about this issue, a thousand people are listening and me and you can't figure out an answer. Well, the thousand people listening, maybe one of them just thinks about this question and poses it to their friends. Yeah, and and maybe explains. someone thought that, like, and maybe someone disagrees with us mm. and that actually starts a really interesting conversation. That mm. could be interesting. Or someone says, actually, I'd never really thought about it that way. And that maybe sparks a different conversation. Exactly. And it's all just about sort of, um, one thing I always say with uh, is there are obviously bad ideas in the world, but also there are very, lots of good ideas. And you can't differentiate between the good and the bad ideas until you actually discuss the ideas, which is and it's where this... The problem is with this world is that there's so many so many things fall in the grey area and there's very little things that are actually black and white and people want them to be because yeah. obviously it's easier, especially in law, to have things black and white. But when so many things are in the grey area and it's yeah, just where, like... Where do you draw that line? Exactly. Where, where do you draw the line for all these things, you know? And where do you draw the line where blame comes in, you know? and well, it's, it's the classic, everything. like... Um, stealing a loaf of bread to feed your starving family like yeah. it's a classic recurring theme in mm-hmm. stories for yeah centuries robin hood's one of the most prolific yeah, things robin, ever robin, robin hood and yeah Lim is yeah that's like the central point of that and that's you know limiz isn't the first thing but it, i think it goes back into into folklore of of your and you know in robin hood there's no there's no discuss, there's no like i don't think anyone thinks robin hood is the bad guy no 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 he, he's the good guy but he's a criminal. Mm. And yeah, and then it's, it's things like also a big hypocrisy with like vigilantism mm. of like the massive like kind of fetishism of superhero films. Yeah, and Batman's like superheroes. A big one. Yeah, like Batman is a like probably the most archetypal one. Yeah. And they are like, and like the later Avenger films start addressing it. Mm. They're kind of like, you're, you're breaking the law. Yeah. Like you're, and depending on which cinematic universe you're in and stuff, like you're potentially murdering people and you're, attacking people and you're bugging people and you're you're breaking all of these laws because of what you personally think is right mm. and i think everyone kind of can relate to it in a sense when they feel like there's injustice in the world because there is like the penal system is broken like the prison system is broken there are there is corruption and all sorts of problems but we can't just say oh i don't agree with that bit so i'm not going to do that just bit. cherry pick what you want exactly because that's when you get things like racism and stuff like that and like um, people are saying, oh, well, like, how come that person's been in the country five minutes and they're getting seen before me? Yeah. It's like, that person has actually been in the country f- since the Windrush years. Yeah. And they, they actually did, like, their family fought in World War Two for this country. Mm. So actually, they've not been here for five minutes. Uh, and they are much more ill than you. So they yeah. have to be seen first. So, like, people, people try and see the justice in it. Like, g- going back to audio dramas, actually. Yeah. Um, Good segue. <laughs> yeah. And I think social issues are a really really good thing like so audio drama is a really good place for addressing social issues because it has again this low bar of entry and you know that does mean that you get think anything gets diluted if it gets low bar of entry you get things that aren't quite finished you get things that are maybe not recorded that well or not acted that well but like there are shows that are maybe don't have the best production don't have the best acting but they tell a really interesting story that just hasn't been told. Mm. And like a TV producer is not going to get behind. Exactly. So there's and no like, risks. When you're your own thing, like with We Fix Space Junk, I mean, I think that's a good enough idea. It could easily be a Netflix show or multimedia franchise, but 
The thing is that pitching that to, say, a big company or whatever, they may tweak this. Oh, we don't really like this character. We don't like this bit. And what ends up happening a lot of the time is either they won't do your idea and they'll do something as bland anyway, or they'll change the bits that make your show so individual to create mm-hmm. it. And a lot of the time, independent creators need a platform to be able to create how they want, when they want. And then once the idea is set in stone, like we fix Space Junk, for example, if that got, now that that's, picking up traction if someone did want to pick up for an animated netflix series for example they would have to look at it and go okay you've already made this and you've already succeeded in this this is what people liked exactly rather than you trying to pitch the idea first and being like we think it would be like this and having someone else input the ideas before you put them in motion it's always better a lot of the time better with artists to do that and you find that with music a lot of the time where musical artists the first two albums are genius not like anything else ever and by the time they get the fourth or fifth album because the producer yeah, has something in hand and poppy and, exactly yeah. yeah even even sometimes from like if you hear an, a great unsigned band who've mm. released EPs and they release an album and it's like oh yeah like the, the magic's gone I don't know what it is but you know exactly sometimes that can be sucked out and I think the TV industry is and I think that's a big thing about audio drama is the fact that you can just have weird ideas and mm. you can have you can have you can have key elements that aren't part of the script, like because you know again having a gay person on a TV show, generally that's a plot point. Yeah, you know generally it's oh, but he's gay and he has to come out to his parents and his one of his parents is homophobic and one of them is accepting and it's like you could just be a gay person who is you know has a job and yeah. and then the, the story is about something entirely unrelated well, did you hear the thing about Star Trek the um, I think um, you know the new three Star Trek movies with Simon Pegg in them Chris Pine that yeah, sort of thing yeah, yeah. Um, the character um, is it it's not it's Scotty I think it is, is it Mr. no Mr. Sulu sorry um, the one I can't remember what actor he's playing he's in Howard and Kumar and stuff but oh, it yeah. was George Takai's character in the old Star Trek where he's gay in Star Trek and in the second or third one very brief he's um he goes off the ship and he runs and he hugs his husband and kisses their daughter and they walk off and i think he mentions one line like a throwaway line somewhere in the film about his his husband at home and that's it and there's no other mention of it they don't make a big deal about it and the film and that's the thing that's yeah beautiful. that, 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 that is good. really good because that is that is what we we need we need normalization and it's not because also then you see like you know your your people sitting at home who are victims of say classism where because you know, like you got the upper class people, and they look down on the middle class people, and the middle class people look down on the working class people, and who do the working class people look down on? Well, you can look down on the immigrant working class people, and who do they look down on? And you know, there's everyone yeah. has something who, whoever they are, tabloid newspapers, whoever are pointing them towards, like the scapegoat. Blame them, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly the scapegoat, because no one really wants to you to think, oh wait, maybe, <laughs> maybe, ah, oh, so this government is made it cheaper for companies but more expensive for individuals yeah they're punishing people for benefit fraud even though that is actually only a tiny percentage of the actual yeah. reason for us having little money and it's actually the big loopholes in tax evasion from the companies that are drawing billions <laughs> of pounds a year hmm yeah it's it like which should we go after yeah we should definitely get that 0.1% of money from that like vast vast minority of people yeah. committing benefit fraud and then it's supposed to lose millions and millions of pounds like huge percentages and yeah like those people sitting at home who are like oh yeah gay people have it so hard and it's like well what about us we have it hard and then they see like a whole like oh by the way in the new star wars i know like luke skywalker's gay yeah and then like oh he's gay now and that's a big thing and it's just like that would be everyone would hate it and like some people would be like oh this is really cool but then other people would be like no this is terrible Mm. this is exactly why you know this is snowflakes and this and the other but yeah you just have a character like that who's just in there and it normalizes it and that's that gay kid at home who's just like looks at TV and every character is either straight or a massive stereotype, Yeah. then, you know, 
you know, I, I know gay people who speak like someone from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy kind of thing. Yeah, proper, like, overly like, flamboyant. Proper overhand, but equally, I know people who, like, you wouldn't know. Well, exactly. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm bisexual. Okay, fair enough. No one would particularly notice it. No. And, um, you know, like, lots of people I know who you wouldn't notice at all. And yeah. some people, you really would. They're, like, yeah. so flamboyant. And so, but equally, it's like, and, you know, not to say that those people who are flamboyant shouldn't be, but you have, you know, when you look at the stereotypes you have and, like, the role models you have, what's going to happen? Like, mm. it's society wanting to put, okay, so we're going to have gay people in this, but everyone has to know that they're like, oh, my God, look at this. And, yeah. and then, like, oh, we're going to have black people in, but they're going to have to say, like, oh, yeah, I love fried chicken and watermelons. And, yeah, yeah. And you know, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I'm too old for this shit. And, like, oh, you've got to be this stereotype. And then, because that's what people are comfortable with. Yeah. And, you know, and then, then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because you see, because young people see that stereotype and say, like, well, I guess that's who... The, one the media gonna, sees yeah, us yeah, as. exactly. And that's why like, the, the white man sees all black people in this way because in every bit of media that comes out, that's why it's such a big thing. Exactly, that's like the, black a, a white person. So which which Marvel, which Avenger do you want to be? Mm. And it's like, oh, I I want to be Thor. No, I want to be Tony Stark. No, I want to be Bruce Hulk. Like, oh, you like point out black. Like, oh, which which Avenger do you want to be? Yeah. And it's like, well, you've got the choice of one. Yeah. Or someone who doesn't look anything like you and doesn't have the same background as you and isn't mm. treated the same as you. And it's just like, yeah, it, it's suddenly like. Um, and that's what the white the white privilege thing of people don't understand is just like you know <clears throat> it's a very good point with the idol thing of just like because I listened to there's a couple of podcasts I listen to which speak about social issues and one's called In the Black and it's three working the way they pitch it is three working class black people or black men who talk about social issues from a black perspective and I really like it they're really intelligent guys they all have different opinions on things so it's quite refreshing to get different perspectives on it there's a lot of things they talk about which I hadn't even considered as a yeah. you know I'm a 24 year old white dude living in South Britain and my parents had a fair amount of money you know it wasn't like i'm not rich and i haven't got a lot of money now or anything but they weren't struggling for the last 10 years of my dad's life so there's whole elements of like angles of life that you just you can't know exactly and that's the thing and you that's, that's means like no one should really blame you for not knowing it no but the fact that you've gone out of your way to learn well that's what everyone should be and that's what i like a lot of people wouldn't necessarily think oh should i go find out something that i don't know because mm. How do you look up something you don't know? Exactly, and and that's why I think it's amazing to see little things like in that Star Trek in, in audio dramas. You have loads of like gay characters, trans characters, like uh, people of color who are like main characters, and it's just it's not the plot line. Yeah, exactly, you know, and that's what we need. We need more of the steady. <laughs> Things it's not a big deal because when you have the big spotlight on it, it points it all out, and makes everything such a big deal, and then it's like one thing I've always said. Um, <clears throat> Is if I have, well, I'd like to have kids. If I have kids and they um, are gay, straight, bi, whatever, I don't care. Okay. And I'll say this to them when they're young before this needs to be an issue. And I'll be like, if you want to come out as gay, if that makes you feel more comfortable, you're welcome to. Otherwise, just bring someone home and say, hey, you know, mum and dad, this is, you know, this is, you know, Billy or this is Sarah or, you know, yeah. I don't care. It's, it, it makes no difference to my life if they're male or female. So like, just, Billy, it must be what normalized. were your parents thinking when they called you Billy? That's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> really also, terrible name. What, what, <laughs> yeah, also, what is Mike thinking of the world's worst ad? Like, I couldn't think of any names apart from our names here, yeah, it, the three it, of us here. If you, if you try and think of anything, your mind will just go down. Well, yeah, it's like the phonetic alphabet. Like, if anyone says, quick, think of a word beginning with K and then you'd forget every like, word. Uh, can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we've actually, I've gone past the two-hour mark quite oh, nicely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's no, it's great. This is the thing I love about podcasts, especially one like mine. Like, um, 
there's I like Joe Rogan's more than Scrooby's Pips, for example, where Scrooby's Pip interviews people, but they're basically an hour long and they are very much, oh, cool, yeah, talk about that little tangent. And then when he can, he'll bring it back and he'll have like the questions. And I do like that. But this podcast is more, almost more for me, you know, like you're a cool guy. I want to come up here and chat with you for, you know, an hour or two just to get your views on things and to hear more about We Fix Space Junk. Some of the questions which just aren't the questions I want to know because I'm a fan of the show. So like <laughs> there's all these, <clears throat> there's no specific thing I do. And hopefully I'll come up again and speak with you and Beth and we can talk about We Fix Space Junk more. Yeah. But um, so as we're coming to the end, I'll kind of wrap it up in a sec. But I did want to ask, um, out of interest, do you have out of uh, Mariner's Diary, We Fix Space Junk 1 and so far of two do you have a f- one that you liked producing the most or anything because like i will say mariner's diary um i know that it was maybe, i think when i spoke to either yourself or beth about it it was um it was gonna start off as quite a small thing and it kind of grew a bit more yeah. and then the whole thing with i'm not trying to uh, no sport if you haven't seen mariner's diary or listen to it rather go check it out but like the whole thing of harold and harrodson like yeah. I, I think <laughs> that the driving lessons bonus episode <laughs> w- cracked us up we were listening to that and laughing away and it's like mariner's diary the whole deep questions about ai is like the way it goes into it is just so clever so like was there one that you you generally preferred making or for listening um, to it? i think it's different for all the different elements of it like i think um i really enjoyed recording marilyn's diary we we did it in a very short period of time um because series one we recorded over months mm. uh, every single character came in separately um, and they all recorded against me or bear mm. and then we slotted them all together afterwards um but i mean i think beth and uh becky who plays samantha mm. um always had the most chemistry they were together the most and mm. chatting the most but um marilyn's died we had everyone in the same room mm. um well i say everyone francesca and james carney mm. of the unseen hour um as both Harold and Harold. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we had them in the same room and we did the whole recording over two days. Oh, wow. Really? Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, oh, we, we had, f- f- uh, James was only there for the one day. And then we did some bits that were just Fran for the second day. Like We, we, we purposely missed out bits, which were just mainly her mm. and did those on the second day. And we got James and separately to do driving lessons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was, which was heavily improvised. I have to say like, um, Beth did write a script for it. Uh, and that is mostly script, but mm. uh, massive credit to James Carney at the unseen hour because he, his improvisation was hilarious. And there was just a lot of me on, on the headphones, just like, can you just say this for me? And like, how about this? And then this, and like, just so like, and then he'd say that and he'd riff off that for a while. And, and uh, yeah, in the edit, it was very funny piecing that together. And yeah. Just trying to work out, oh, I want to use all of this, but it would go on for too long. <laughs> yeah, I can um, imagine. That's part of being the producer, though, isn't yeah, it? And the best just kind of like doodling things down, passing them over, and just like, can you just say, um, scorpions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I can do. Uh, scorpions? <laughs> and then that became like, a, like we, it made us laugh, so we just kept on doing yeah, it. Yeah, because he kept saying scorpions. Then Haroldson is like, at one point, he's like, um, isn't there like, because um, Harold is basically trying to like, get through things quite quickly and Harrelson's like can we go back to the scorpions thing because like maybe there's some scorpions on the ship. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like, there's a button that just says scorpions and then later on it's just like, I mean, even if you don't press the button, Surely there are already scorpions here. Yeah, it's like the scorpions on the ship. Should we not do anything about it? It just gets like, glazed over. Jettison cargo, jettison fuel. Uh, is, it, is there a jettison scorpions? <laughs> <laughs> Never comes back to it. I mean, I mean, I think I think we may, in some other bonus episodes in the future, maybe mention scorpions again. <laughs> just, <laughs> just because it was Just for that, that was a cracker. But, um, but yeah, equally, like, Manning's Diary was very low. Well, yeah, I mean, towards the end, there's more sound design elements. 
but it was quite a lot of just two people speaking, mm. which I think is a lot of the beauty of it because it was so such a simple premise. Yeah, yeah. No, like big adventures or story arcs particularly. It was just it was character about, development. Talking two two characters who aren't human who'd like to understand humans a bit more, talking about what it is to be human, and I think it's something people can relate to. Uh, uh, sci-fi is great for that. Is definitely of. I mean, even if you look at like X Men, was always really about racism and how how we treat people different from each other exactly well district how, nine have you seen yeah district that's nine. all about the whole thing of the the, the white people essentially moving into and um, star trek Africa. you know star trek was all about going finding new people and respecting people's cultures when well, that had the first ever interracial first kiss ever, which was not supposed to be in it which they got cut it got cut really yeah apparently well, this is the i don't know whether it's an urban myth but there's the story behind it is that um well there certainly was memo saying you've got to take that out you can't have uh, a white person a black person kissing on TV you had to take it out mm. and they did a retake and they recut it and apparently um, William Shatner switched the tapes really and he switched them back to be the original take and the original take was then sent out to the distributor and they got masses of complaints yeah but they got 10 times more fan mail like they yeah, got to, yeah. people saying this is amazing like this is like groundbreaking yeah and civil rights movements and stuff and yeah there was complaints and there was um uh angry words around the production studio and stuff but you know it it made a change and now that's not an unusual thing to see no I mean, exactly. and that's it, what it's, it's not the, the most common thing to see ever but i mean like you look at luke cage and jessica jones like mm, yeah and that's the the weird thing isn't that one of them's white, one of them's black. The weird thing is that they're both superheroes, and they didn't realize. Yeah, and yeah. then they do realize, and that completely changes the chemistry. And exactly, and it's yeah. It and so yeah, it, it did. It made a massive change, and you, you do have to annoy some people sometimes to make better change. Yeah, well, some people are asshole bigots, and other people well, and don't want thing. changes. And you know, sometimes it, you again, like some people like don't like something. Maybe it's very easy to say you're a piece of shit for thinking this but also it's just like well if you do see something and like uh like there's there's a couple there's very we very rarely talk about romance and we fix space junk mm. um yeah there's like the, the sort of jolt and uh yeah jolt thing and killer, a little but bit. even there that was intentionally designed to not be particularly a classic love interest story yeah yeah, yeah. um and um but i think the you know, there are the characters. I think it's generally perceived that most of the characters in it are probably vaguely by in some way or another, mm. just because it's the future. People are probably much more relaxed about that kind of thing, yeah. and therefore it doesn't come up. Yeah. But we never specifically mention it. Other podcasts do, like um, the Orphans, uh, Iris, the Starship Iris is a really interesting one where the the crew, their captain is Indian. They have a transgender member of crew. They have gay member of crew. Uh, two gay members of crew and it, it's like it's none none of those things are points that the the story is about traveling through space mm. but and yeah i have seen a couple of people being like oh it's a shame you had to include so much like gay stuff and it's mm. like well maybe just take a step out of your life look mm-hmm. at other people's lives and think maybe not everything is aimed directly at you <laughs> well i was gonna say one good thing one point is um essentially with let's say use gay kiss as an example okay uh right I am a heterosexual man, so watching two dudes make out doesn't do anything for me. And obviously, if I get a choice of look, watching two dudes furiously make out in front of me or nothing, I would rather generally see nothing. But here's a point that a lot of people which don't understand, which is you have to think that think about all the homosexuals watching normal shows and seeing two like a man and a woman kiss, 
and them feel almost the same way that you feel about seeing two guys kiss yeah. but they have to see it in everything and then you're complaining because for once you have to see the other way around and also it's, it's, like, it's, it's not big it has extra layers to it because mm. when you see a gay kiss you're like oh that's I mean that's completely changed my like it's taken me out of the show maybe or it's like oh that's something I'm not used to I'm not seeing that's two people kissing I'm very aware of the fact that that's a guy and that's a guy mm. but for every single heterosexual kiss a gay person sees that is like I don't feel that way. Yeah, I don't oh, feel that's like another that. one. That's not me. Yeah, and it's just like that's just another and that takes them out of it. But yeah, that's exactly. Like and that, that's just see. another reminder of all of the problems that you've had to deal with in your life. Of, exactly. Yeah, like this isn't. You're this still not right. normal. Essentially. I'm not normal. I'm not right. I'm mm. not like this person. Like the protagonists were all supposed to want to like and be be like. Yeah. And the thing is, that you, you don't necessarily consciously see people as role models, but no. they are. You know, you, you can't. You. You, you look at TV, and yeah, that's that's how we see the norm. Like, oh, it's normal to do this. It was normal to see that. It's like, do we see that in people or do we see that in TV? Well, that's the thing. So I think it's the amazing thing about podcasting because it allows you to see uncurated. You're not having to worry about the lowest common denominator. You you, you don't have to worry about people just not liking it. Like, if people don't like our show, fair enough. Like, some people are just like, oh, I'm not really a fan of sci fi. It's like, you might not like the show then. It's fine. Like, it's it's probably more of a comedy than it is a sci fi, and it's also a drama. So, you know have a go but if it's not for you don't worry because well, yeah we, and if you do it on primetime tv that becomes an issue because the producers the, and the, yeah, numbers. the sponsors and stuff like the the whole channel was run off of how many people will watch that advert so if you want to make your show lowest common denominator like offend minimum amount of people raise minimum amount of issues like anything that could be seen as slightly oh like oh maybe there was a gay kiss in it and that maybe lowered the the views a bit like no, podcasting doesn't matter no, people people will love you and respect you more for doing what's you and what what's genuine, genuine, yeah. and and also like as you say, like I'm always I love having my boundaries pushed, even if it makes me feel uncomfortable. I like being made to feel uncomfortable if it's something that can help me grow and mm. something change my mind about something. Exactly, so maybe not change my mind, but I think like for example, I grew up in a community which were very accepting of gay people and with a family who were very accepting of it, and so like. That was always something I understood. I never really understood transgender people. Like, mm. I mean, as in, I didn't. I understood. Oh yeah, so cool. The thoughts hadn't come yeah, in properly. If that's what you want to do. I'm cool with it. I didn't quite get it. But then, from hearing stories about it, hearing stories with protagonists or bit parts even who are trans and talking to trans people and kind of understanding, oh, like, I, I now have a much better empathy and more understanding of what it means. And I think some of the things I used to think weren't quite right because I didn't yeah. have I, I didn't know they weren't right because I didn't have any reason to know but yeah, I no, pushed uh, myself perspective. or was pushed in like I either was pushed or pushed myself into a situation where I learnt more mm. and I that changed my opinion and I'm, I'm really glad it did exactly yeah and that's the beauty and also with podcasts another thing is it's about someone's passion like mm. me with this like, I, I try and have conversations with people who I think are going to be interesting who I want to talk to well if this show if I do it for 10 years okay and it never gets off off the ground in air quotes and I can never make a job out of it well then after 10 years I can go well I met all these cool people even if I stopped after 10 years for argument's sake you know so well I spoke to all these cool people I made loads of cool new friends and because of all the people I've spoken to I've had a lot of pers- like there's numerous of just podcasts I've only been doing it for a year I've had my, my mind changed about loads of different things and so if no, even if it doesn't bother anyone else, or I can never overtly make like a job out of it, it still changes me as an individual. It helps. And you, you still have listeners, even if you have like one listener. 
you could change that listener's life because exactly like you, you've like we're in a situation where we can make podcasts and not everyone can mm. and some you just don't have the time or the resources or you know the energy but you maybe do have to listen to one mm. and then that can that can change your mind like of all the times you've had your mind changed mm. you may have changed hundreds if not thousands of or mm. more and yeah, like, I mean, I really enjoyed the the video games episode of Genuine Chit Chat. Oh, yeah. Some people maybe didn't, and like there was a load of games that like, I really remember talking about. And some I really didn't. Some I looked up, and you know, even when it went off on a tangent, not about games, I found yeah. that really interesting as well. Yeah, well, thank you for listening. I appreciate that. But it's and with um as we start to wrap up as well is um again. Again, but you're far too interesting, Headley. So, and I've travelled all this way. So, um, but yeah, and also with the podcast thing, what a lot of people do on this is more of a podcaster uh, complaint, really, because in the, a lot of the, we're in a lot of the same podcasting groups and stuff on Facebook, and I find so many people number chase so much, yeah. and it, it does bother me because it makes people who have less numbers feel bad, like they're not achieving. We, we do feel uh, we are a bit conflicted, like sometimes, like because we want to announce something or we want to be kind of like celebrate something, but it's kind of like. It's not about numbers. No. It's about creating something that's good. You should celebrate your milestone, though. If you have but a yeah, big it, number, but some people post that every week, like, oh, I've been looking at my numbers. I get this one, and they check their numbers every day, and they obsess over it, and then they want to change part of their show over it and constantly. Yeah. And it's like, you're doing what the whole thing of the problem with networks and things are, which is you're looking at a week-by-week basis of something you're sharing on the internet. You know, what if your fan base, a lot of them, it's half-term this week, and yeah. the majority of people just didn't listen. Then you change a quarter yeah, I mean, of your show. People only listen on their way to school or something. Yeah. And then, or they'll only work, or maybe when they're dropping the kids off at school. Yeah. And yeah, then it's half time, so they don't get any numbers. Or maybe it coincided with something else. Or maybe you forgot a hashtag. Or maybe exactly. you know, someone shared you one week, so that's boosted your sales, and no one did this week. So. Exactly. And it can be all these sort of things, and people number chase and all that sort of stuff. And my also, whole thing until is- you get, I mean, to, to an extent, until you get over a certain number of listens. The randomness is just too much to... Oh, yeah. Well, my episodes... I've had certain episodes which have had thousands of listens and others which have only just passed like 100 or so. And it's not... I don't think it's because of the quality of the content because there's no consistency. Some ones I've released, you know, nine months ago when I didn't know the hashtags properly, I wasn't part of the BritPod scene, all these sort of little bits... Um, and I wasn't as good at sharing on social media. I'd write gigantic chunks of things instead of more snappy things or mm. the other way around. And it's like, you, some people overanalyze. Mm. But the good thing with podcasting, I find, is the majority of people do things because they're passionate. And that's where the best work comes from, when people are truly passionate, not because they're necessarily trying to achieve a goal, because then they put too much pressure on themselves. Because that's the thing. Like, me and, me and Beth love WeFace Patient. We, we love it like a child. Yeah. And we, we love creating it. We love making it. And the fact that more than 30 people listened to it surprised us yeah and then like when it you know now it's at like what 60,000 listeners or something it's just like it, 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 we actually can't comprehend it yeah it, it's just like we think about many people in a room like if you, exactly. that's what I say with even with 30 people people go oh I've only got 30 or 40 listeners to this like yeah but you have to think like you, you could fill up a classroom of people who are so interested in your show they're willing to sit there and listen for hours on end if they're subscribers or whatever to something that you're putting out and then creating if you were a local at like a nearby if you're like in a band and you went to a local pub and they said once a week you can get 40 people in here yeah every, that's a good that's, a, that's a really good <laughs> anyone really who's been in a band you know if you get 40 people to every show you'd be stellar and getting up to like a hundred is not necessarily that difficult to do but then when you get to like the people like oh, i haven't even got a thousand and you've got ten thousand it's like you're comparing yourself to yeah, joe yeah. rogan who's been doing at it for like 10 years with the biggest guest on the planet exactly. with a like, whole you studio totally different formats as well like for ours like for example for your show you can drop in on any episode mm. um 
and you can look at you look for the titles that interest you the most. I and mean, exactly. that's what I would do in if I look at a, a podcast that's like nonfiction. I scroll down and say that one looks interesting, and then I'll get to I will get to the others. Um, but you know I'll go for the ones that catch my eye first, yeah. and then if I like it, if I like the thing that looked interesting, then I'll probably like the rest of it. And then yeah. whereas if I if I you know a, ne- a Netflix documentary series or something I'm like. Oh, that one looks. Oh, that one looks interesting. Oh, actually, it was boring. So yeah. I, I won't probably listen to more of that. So whereas ours, you kind of had to start with the first episode. Yeah, and then you had to watch them in order. So you, you know, if people don't like the first episode, and like the first, the nature of it, the first couple of episodes are going to be your ropious probably because mm. you didn't quite know what you were doing yet or whatever. You hadn't quite found your feet. Also, even the story-wise hasn't kind of got the wheels turning. A lot of the time exactly. with stories, the, the thing you fall in love with is the characters and the build of that, like Marilyn's diary for me, helped Marilyn as a character and the whole thing of like Harold as well as it talks about you know Dax because he's obviously a computer as well. So yeah. it's like it adds depth to all the different characters the more you listen. And that's a lot of things I find but as equally well. Equally also, like, it means... I guess yeah, that obviously works against you because people have to start at the beginning, and if mm. someone did drop in halfway through, they'd be very confused. Exactly. So, um, and also, it people, like maybe might be intimidating. Like, oh, I've got to commit to all of these episodes potentially. But equally, if someone is in it, the chances are they're going to binge it and go through all of them. Whereas if it was a chat podcast, um, you might not get the binge. Yeah, I don't really either. Well, so, well, like, with my thing as well, I just get it where it's like. As you say, some people cherry pick episodes. And so I don't look at it as everyone. I even say at the start of my episodes now, I say, if you like the show, go check some other episodes out. Maybe subscribe and just see what comes up. But I'm not making every episode for every person. The video game one you came yeah. up with earlier, there's loads of people I know who love certain episodes of my podcast who have never no interest in video games. Yeah, so they just don't just listen to that episode. It, yeah. And that's fine, you know? And also the fact that, like, you know, people chasing numbers, it's number of clicks as opposed to number of minutes listened to. Exactly. Because. Yeah. Also, like, you put in so many hours, whereas, like, for our, you know, our trailer probably gets the same, like, the same weighting as a two-hour episode. So, like, oh, this trailer has uh, a thousand listens or something. And it's like, oh, that episode, two-hour episode has a thousand. So, like, a lot more effort and time went into that two-hour episode than into a five-minute trailer. So, and some people put trailers up for every episode. Some people put up stuff all the time. Like, oh, yeah, so... uh, there's going to be an episode coming out tomorrow, uh, a little bit of housekeeping, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. So you've got all these little bits that are just counting to numbers. Mm. And I mean, you know, sometimes advertisers want to know about numbers if you go if you want to go down that road. Um, I think with Space Junk, we, we won't ever do advertising um, in that sense. But um, we do Patreon. Well, that's what I want to um, get into eventually. Once my listener base, I think he's up really to fun. a substantial enough level. And I can have, and we have like bonus pay, PayPal, so if people don't want to commit. And the thing is, I'd say it's never... It's never too soon. Yeah. Because the worst case you do, you put it up and no one does anything. Yeah. And and if one person does, and you'd be surprised, like we were very surprised how quickly people joined in. Because we were told, to, we were told like, you should have a, had a Patreon by now. It's like, oh, we've only done like three episodes. Do a Patreon. Yeah. Like, oh, well, maybe do a Patreon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we did. And like within within a week, we had like two $4 patrons. Nice. And yeah. I was like, wow. Like, I assumed that it would be like, two one dollar patrons after two months or something yeah but like no and like oh well, they'll probably give up after a month it's like they didn't and mm. now we've got you know 30 odd patrons yeah. and like i mean yeah some some people will drop out and that's that's totally fine i i totally understand and like i generally sometimes i will like if i see someone drop out and they, they've left a little message saying i'm so sorry i just i've just changed my job and i don't think i was like don't worry like it's too honest if you want some of the bonus things i'll send them to you like thank <laughs> yeah. you for supporting us 
like, at all, like even even all, showing yeah. appreciation. Said, had you just had you just done a one-off payment on like PayPal and just said, "Here's four pounds," like that. Thank you so much. Exactly, that, that's amazing. Like, and you can hear how passionate you are about these things and everything like that. But so I'm going to wrap up now and finish this off. Third time. Um, it's third time. <laughs> Let's see if we can. So you're, you're probably trying to edit this smoothly. But, oh uh, no, I'm definitely not going to. I, I, I basically <laughs> the only edits I do is I cut out like. Uh, coughs if there's a background noise a bit too much or really long silences often shorten them yeah like that. when that that moment where you just like just stared you down like and gave you evils for a full five minutes of silence just yeah like, after I said my opinion on something <laughs> I can't believe you said that yeah oh no it's so bad but no one's ever going to hear it yeah exactly um, well before we go is there anything um, you want to just add just to say about uh, we fix space or anything at all um, well uh, yeah I mean I guess you've already heard enough about it already probably but uh, I produce we fix space junk with Beth Crane. We are Battlebird Productions. Um, we've got a second podcast called Hembra, which is about uh, it's female writers. Um, it's just short stories. Um, we're going to be at Pod UK, a podcasting convention in February in Birmingham. Um, we're going to be doing a live episode, meet and greet. We'll be selling T-shirts and stuff, stuff like that. Um, there's going to be some awesome podcasts there as well. Um and yeah that's probably all for now check, check us out on Twitter Twitter's the best way to find us we're also on Tumblr and Facebook and yeah. such like well I'll put I'll put uh, the appropriate links and stuff uh, to We Fix Space Junk and all that sort of jazz in the episode description obviously um, I do tweet about you guys occasionally because I think you're one of the best audio dramas out <laughs> there so um, and I, I nominated you for best I saw that I was yeah. well surprised thank you very much I retweeted yeah. that and I actually nominated you guys on that as well ah. for the for the best audio drama because I think you are like legit like I've listened to Marvel's Wolverine which I think is brilliant but I, I honestly think, think yours is better like oh, I, I think legit so. I think <laughs> I keep telling everyone to listen to it like Megan can back me up on that I just keep going around yeah, I told my cousin to listen to it when we went to visit her for her birthday. Yeah, so <laughs> spread the word, mate. But, the word, yeah, well, yeah, follow, follow us on Twitter and... Um and yeah, if, if you have any questions that I haven't answered or you heard the start of a tangent that I never finished, <laughs> yeah. which there are many of, and uh, yeah, do, do contact us. We're, we're always chatting to people on Twitter and never be afraid. No question too small or big. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that's a great way to end. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Headley. Appreciate no worries it. at all. Thank you. And that's the end of part two. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. Um, as I said at the start, if you feel like it deserves it, go on iTunes, give us a review. Um, also, if you enjoy Genuine Chit Chat and you're subscribed and you want a little bit more, um, you can go on Instagram, follow us on there. Um, Facebook, I generally just post the... I occasionally post movie reviews and the new episodes along with the 30-second snippets that I normally do. Um, Twitter, it's a bit more sort of... It's announcing new episodes and a few other things as well as other podcasts is what they're doing. Uh, and then Instagram, I often have photos that go along with it so you know uh, there's uh, times where my friends talk about tattoos so I take photos of their tattoos or um, you know there's other things as well so it's like I do have the 30 second snippets so if you're unsure about an episode you know just jump on there just a little snippet see if it's anything you fancy um, also there's movie reviews that I put on there as well as just general goings on in my life I post on there like maybe once a day it's, it's not like every single day without fail so it's, it wouldn't be overloading your feed or anything it would just be sort of when new episodes come out as well as movie reviews and a few other things so if that sounds interesting come and uh, follow me on Instagram at genuine underscore chit chat um, links are I think in the description and should be in most pod apps and whatnot. pod apps podcast apps it's too tired I'm too tired it's it's late on a Sunday so I can say at the end of the episode now because you've already listened so it's not it doesn't sound like it's kind of you know put myself down at the start but 
yeah, anyway, enough of that uh, sort of rambling. Um, I've got one episode recorded with my friend TJ, who any long-term listeners or who'd have been listening since uh, the start, really. Um, I did a travel podcast with her, which is the second episode. Um, we talked about her travels. She went around Asia and that sort of thing. That was really interesting. Uh, this time, uh, we just had a few drinks and just chatted nonsense, really, for an hour. So that was loads of fun. Um, I think we've got plans for her to come back. We may be doing a Christmas episode. So we'll see about that. Um yeah, uh, I've got one with Dr. Glenn Livingston about his book, Never Binge Again. Uh, I've got a two-parter with uh, a friend, Junior, who has a clothing company. It's a bit more than that, but we get into those details, uh, called We The Lifers. And then I've got a few Skype recordings uh, sort of lo- loaded up uh, in the pipeline. I should be doing one uh, two days, actually. So if those will go through, I'll have some of those to do as well. I'm hoping to do another political episode with Dom, potentially with Josh. Uh, I may do another Science But Simple soon. I think Josh and Reese we spoke about doing another gaming one. So lots of things. And I've had a few people talk to me about uh, sort of other guests as well for next year and more collaborations and whatnot. So it's exciting, you know. I've been doing it for over a year now. So yeah, it's uh, an exciting time, exciting time. Um yeah, that's about it really. So thanks as always for tuning in, guys. I appreciate everyone listening, especially all the way to the end. Uh, and I'll talk to you all next week.